Welcome, dear listeners, to your final episode of the year. Yes, I know time has truly flown by, and I cannot wait for the next year to roll on by. Another year, another set of stories, just epic. And what better way to send off the year than a new set of old-time radio tales from a series you've never heard of. Today, I'll take you on a magical journey through the airwaves as we step back in time to explore the enchanting world of Let's Pretend, the beloved old-time radio show that sparked the imaginations of generations past. It really is a unique old-time radio show. Imagine a time when radio was the gateway to fantastical realms, and each week, eager ears tuned in to join the captivating adventures of brave heroes, cunning villains, and mythical creatures. This is the essence of Let's Pretend. Picture yourself in a bygone era, huddled around the radio with wide-eyed excitement as the airwaves come alive with tales of fantasy and adventure. Let's Pretend was not just a radio show, it was an invitation to embark on a journey of the mind. With a talented ensemble cast, the show skillfully brought classic stories and fairy tales to life. From the creak of a castle door to the twinkle of magical chimes, sound effects and music wove a tapestry of wonder that transported young listeners to far-off lands. But let's pretend was more than just entertainment. It was a vehicle for education, adapting timeless tales to captivate young minds and foster a love for literature. The show's interactive format encouraged listeners to engage their imagination and actively participate in the unfolding adventures. You'll hear it in the intro of this show, actually. As we journey through the episodes, we discover the enduring charm of Let's Pretend. Despite its original run, concluding in the 1950s, the show's timeless appeal continues to resonate, reminding us of a magical era when the power of storytelling unfolded through the crackling waves of radio. So, dear listeners, buckle up for a trip down memory lane as we explore the captivating world of Let's Pretend. Get ready to be whisked away to fantastical realms and relive the magic that made this old-time radio show a cherished part of yesteryear. Enjoy. This is the Let's Pretend story of One Eye, Two Eyes, Three Eyes. Come one, come all the big oh, we're here with Let's Pretend. Pretenders? Hello, Uncle Ted. Who's going to say how we're going to travel to Let's Pretend? You're going to have to tell us, Uncle Ted. We can't think of a thing. Well, I'll have to think of something different. I know. Let's go by helicopter. Great. Great. Helen, can you arrange for a nice large helicopter? One whirlybird coming up. One, two, three. <laughs> All set. Everyone aboard? You do best. 
for one eye, two eyes, three eyes. Once upon a time, when enchantments took place almost every day, three sisters, one eye, two eyes, three eyes, and their mother lived together in a little cottage below the magic waterfall. As our story begins, poor unhappy two eyes, cruel mother, and envious sisters have sent her out hungry and alone to tend their little goat as it grazes on the soft green grass. can I do, little goat? How can I go on living so miserable and lonely? I'm so hungry, too. Oh, I know your story. You are kind, at least. But I can't stand it. I've tried every way I know to win their love, but it's no use. Oh, I wish I had someone who loved me. There, there, little two-eyes. Why do you weep? Oh. Where did you come from, lovely lady? Who are you? I am your fairy godmother. Come, come, dry your pretty eyes. You have wept so many tears, there's a puddle of water at your feet. Uh, are you really my fairy godmother? Yes, my dear. Now tell me, why are you crying? Because my mother and sisters are so cruel to me. I wouldn't mind doing all the work if they'd only love me a little, but they don't. But why are they unkind and cruel to you? There must be a reason. Because, you see, I have two eyes, just like everybody else. But one of my sisters has just one eye. I begin to understand. And the other sister has three eyes, two just like ours, and a third in the middle of her forehead, which works separately from the other two. And that's why they treat you as they do. But now that you're here with me, I don't seem to have any troubles anymore. But you are hungry, aren't you? Yes, but I'd almost forgotten it. Just looking at you, you are so lovely. Now, let me tell you how I can help. When you are hungry, say to your little goat here, Little goat bleat, little elves here, little table of food, I'm hungry, appear. And then, fairy godmother? When you have said that, a little table filled with all the food you can possibly eat will be whisked out of nowhere. Right by your side. Oh, how lovely. And what fun. Oh, fairy godmother, you have made me so happy. Thank you. Thank you. Your gratitude is becoming to I. Oh, another thing. When you have finished, you must say, Little goat bleat, I have enough for today. Little elves here, take the table away. And whisk, it's gone. Will you remember that? Oh, yes. I'll leave you now. Now that you've called me, you will see and hear from me again. Farewell, my daughter. Goodbye, lovely lady, and thank you again. Mother and Three Eyes. Yes, 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 yes. Come here. Well, what are you yelling about? I have a good reason. Have you noticed anything about Two Eyes lately? Yes, One Eye, I have. For days now, she hasn't eaten any of the scraps of food we leave. Exactly. Now, who's feeding her? What's she doing behind our backs? I'd certainly like to know. Well, I, for one, intend to find out. Tomorrow, I shall go with her to tend the goat and see just what she does all day. A good idea, One-Eye. If she's begging food from strangers, I'll beat the life out of her. 
one eye. You're not used to going so far, are you? No, I'm not. I'm beastly tired. I tell you, why not rest here under this shady tree for a while, one eye? Well, I guess I will lie down for a minute. Oh, my feet. I'm exhausted. You just close your eye and rest. Oh, what a walk. Little one eye, for my sake, rest you here. Are you awake? Little one eye, quiet keep. Little one eye, are you asleep? <laughs> Down to sleep. Now for my lunch. Little goat bleat. Little elf, here. Little table of food. I'm hungry. Appear. <coughs> what lovely food. Oh, little goat, isn't it fun? Pleasant dreams, sweet little one-eye. <laughs> well, one-eye, what did you find out? Yes, come on. We, we could hardly wait. What did you see? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Did you watch all the time? Every minute. I never took my one eye off of her. You didn't go to sleep or anything? No, of course not. I kept awake every minute. I tell you, not one thing escaped me. I don't believe it. I shall go myself tomorrow. I bet you I'll find out something. Very well then, smarty. Go right ahead. And much good may the long walk do you. Walked a long way. Are you tired, Three Eyes? Certainly I'm tired. Who wouldn't be after that walk? Well, why not rest here for a little while? It's, it's nice and cool and shady. <laughs> Best idea you ever had. Oh, I've walked blisters on both feet. You'll be all rested after a little nap. Why not close your eyes? That. Little two-eyes, for my sake, rest you here, are you awake? Little two-eyes, quiet keep, little two-eyes, are you asleep? <laughs> oh, what luck. She's sound asleep, and I'm starved. Now for my steaming hot luncheon. Little goat bleat, little elf, here. Little table of food, I'm hungry, appear. Oh, isn't that a beautiful looking table, little goat? Come on, here's your share. So, that's what you do. Oh, three eyes, I thought you were asleep. So two of my eyes were. You forgot when you sang Little Two Eyes that I had three of them, didn't you? <laughs> and the third one saw everything you did, you little, you little victim. What are you going to do with that knife? Your little goat won't give you any better food than we have. I'll settle her right now. Uh, oh, Sister Jones. Uh, There's your precious little goat. 
she won't bother you anymore. Oh, oh three eyes. You killed her. How could you? <laughs> no wonder you wouldn't eat scraps anymore. I'm going straight home and tell Mother what you did. Oh, poor little goat. Oh, oh, fairy godmother, I need your help. Please hear me and come to me. Poor little unhappy joy. Oh, fairy godmother, I'm so glad to see you. Do you see what that cruel girl has done? Yes, dear. But come, don't weep. Dry your eyes and let me tell you what to do. All right. Tonight... After everyone has gone to bed, take the head of your little goat and bury it by the front door of your home. Will you do that? Why, yes, I will. But, Godmother, why should I do such a strange thing? You'll find out. Just do as I say, and then see what will happen tomorrow. And so... Two Eyes did as her godmother asked, and when her unhappy deed was done, she went to bed with a sad and heavy heart. But then, the next morning... Three Eyes, One Eye, Two Eyes, come here and see what has happened. What? What is it, Mother? What's wrong with you, Mother? Look, 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 right by our front doorstep. Oh, very God, Mother. Just look at it. A tree taller than a house. How perfectly wonderful. What a beautiful tree. And it's grown overnight. Uh, how far does it go? Drat this one eye. I, I can't see. Tell me, three eyes, how tall is it? It goes up and up. Oh, you two and your crazy eyes. Don't you see the fruit on it? There's a lot of it. And it shines as if it were polished. It's all gold and silver. Well, for goodness sake, so it is. And every kind that grows... And all in one tree. It's magic. Well, who cares? If you two climb up and pick some of that luscious-looking silver fruit. Yep, not you two eyes. Remember, you're not to touch one thing on this tree. No, sir, this belongs to us. Give me a boost, three eyes. Oh, okay. <laughs> get that gold and silver fruit. Go on. All right. Oof. What's the matter with it? Nothing's the matter with it. What's wrong with you? Why don't you hand me some of the fruit? I can't blame it. Every time I reach for a limb, it snaps right out of my hand as if it didn't want me to touch it. Oh, you make me sick. Let me get at it. Oh, go ahead, three eyes. You certainly can't do worse. Oh, for heaven's sakes, what's the matter with it? <laughs> I'll do it. There. Oh, my goodness. Huh. You're not so smart after all. It snaps away from you, too. May I try, Mother? Perhaps I can reach it. Well, come here. I'll boost you up. Oh, that's all right. I can make it. There, Mother. Here's a big golden peach for you. Catch. <sighs> that's more like it. Well... Say what you want, that nasty little two-eyes is a witch. Wait a minute, girls. There's there's a crowd of people coming along the road. One of them has plumes in his hat. Well, for heaven's sake, if it's anybody important, get this two-eyed brat out of sight. They're journeying in here. 
Uh, come on to us. Uh, it looks like it might be someone from the castle. Oh, it, it is. It goes. It's... It's the prince himself. Oh. Hurry up, twice. But get I... down and get out of sight. Come on, come on. We'll oh. crawl under that washtub. Oh. Get under it quickly. Oh, very well, Mother. One eye, three eyes. Come down quickly. Good morning, madam. Oh, good morning, good morning, your morning. Sire. <laughs> oh, good morning, your highness. You do our house great honor, sire. Yes, your highness, indeed you do. <laughs> what can we do for your highness? Tell me of this marvelous tree. My counselor and I were attracted by its unusual brilliance, so we wrote in to ask about it. From the road, the sun's rays fall on it, and it sparkled like silver and gold. Oh, it, it is marvelous, sire. And as you see, the fruit is all gold and silver, and there's every variety on the one tree. Most extraordinary. Who owns this marvelous tree? Oh, the tree belongs to my two lovely daughters, sire. This is three eyes, and this is one eye. Indeed. Well then, young ladies, if I'm not asking too much, I should like to sample such gorgeous-looking fruit. Will you be so generous and give me some of it? Oh, of course. <laughs> counselor, uh, assist the ladies into the tree. <laughs> yes, you hide. Oh, oh, thank you, Counselor. There we are. Now, 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 <clears throat> what would you like? Anything you can reach easily. Well, will this do? Uh, oh, <laughs> it's too, too far out. Here, this limb is closer. Now, will this... Oh, it seems so stiff. I... I'll get a better footing. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what's the matter with three eyes, Your Highness. <laughs> she must be nervous. Yeah, one eye, help her. Yes, Mother. This tree becomes more and more curious. It's almost human, the way the branches move. Counselor, do you see the way the limbs snap out of reach? Yes, sire, I do. Your Highness, here is a... Oh! Look, that limb deliberately pulled away from her hand. I saw it. And so did I. Most amazing, sire. Like enchantment. I shall get you some of it, Prince. Or know what the reason why. Why, why, look, madam. Here's a silver pear right at my feet. Where did it come from? Why, why, uh, 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 three eyes must have thrown it down from the tree. <laughs> yes, didn't you, dear? Didn't I want? No, she didn't. Look, it comes from under that tub. Here comes a golden plum. Counselor, turn that tub over. I want to see what's under there. <laughs> a girl. <laughs> and a pretty one, too. <laughs> oh, Mother, forgive me, but I just couldn't help it. I'll take this up with you, later, two eyes. And who is this little beauty? Well, this is two eyes, my youngest daughter, Your Highness. How do you do, sire? I'm very well. No. But why were you hiding under the tub? Well, we put her under the tub because her manners are so poor. We hated to have you see her, sire. Why, Mother, how can you say such I a... think I understand, Miss Two Eyes. You are much too lovely to conceal under a tub. Thank you, sire. You are kind. I wonder if you could gather some of this fruit for me. Your sisters seem to be, uh, unfortunate in their efforts. Do you think you could? Why, of course. I'd like to very much. May I help you, Miss Two Eyes? Oh, I see you don't need any help, do you? No, Counselor. What fruit would you like? Anything. All right. There's a silver pear. 
There's a golden apricot. Catch. <laughs> oh, you're good. And you're wonderful. The fruit falls into your hands before you even touch it. Three eyes and one eye. If I were you, I think I'd come down. It would seem that two eyes is the only one who can gather the fruit. I'll fix you for this. And so will I, you little cat. Uh, what were you saying? What? Oh, I, I said, uh, that's that. Yeah, I thought so. Come down out of that tree, all of you. Oh, right. <laughs> little lady, I want to ask you a few questions. Yes, sire. Whose tree is this? It's mine, your highness. It, how dare you say that, two eyes? You know it isn't. It is plain to be seen, madam. No one else can gather the fruit. And, of course, the tree is magic. Go on, please, two eyes. My fairy godmother gave it to me, sire. She told me to bury the head of my poor little goat in this spot. I did. And overnight, the gold and silver fruit tree grew. You come here to me, you, you brat! Yeah. Silence, all of you! You've talked enough. You're not very happy here, are you, Two Eyes? Well, I... Tell me truthfully. No, sire, I'm not. My dear, I understood the situation the moment I saw the first fruit fall in your hands. Little lady, will you come with me to the castle? To the castle, your highness? Yes, I want to take you to my mother, the queen. And someday, when you and I know each other better, I want to ask you if... If what, your highness? If you will do me the honor to become my wife. May I take you to my mother now? Oh, yes, your highness. I shall be so very happy. And and what becomes of us, pray? I would suggest you ladies stay here and sweeten your dispositions. Come, Two Eyes. Lift her up in the saddle, Counselor. Yes, your highness. Are you comfortable? Perfectly. Thank you, sire. And now, ladies, you may say farewell. Um, oh, don't well. <laughs> Good yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That isn't the proper way. Remember, this lady is your future queen. As loyal subjects, you will curtsy to the ground. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We're waiting for your curtsies. That's more like it. Little lady, what will you do with the magic tree? I shall be glad to give it to my sisters. <laughs> but they can't gather the fruit. Oh, I didn't think of that. Well, perhaps if they will promise to be less cruel and selfish, I'll ask my fairy godmother to release the fruit. Fairy godmother, wherever you are, would you do that? Ow! 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 That golden banana hit me right in the head. <laughs> what a pity it wasn't a brass watermelon. <laughs> Good day, ladies. started on today's special Thanksgiving story, Ceres and Proserpina, here's Uncle Bill Adams. Hello, pretenders! Hello, well, did everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Yes! Well, on that fine. Thanksgiving is America's own holiday, but ever since the beginning of time, people have been celebrating the harvest season one way or another. The Greeks and Romans 2,000 years ago had a wonderful harvest story. And today we're doing it for the first time on Let's Pretend. Just one thing before we start. Uh, a pomegranate plays a big part in the story. Now, how many of you know what a pomegranate is? Uh, uh, Sybil, 
Will you describe that fruit which the Greeks and Romans love? Well, it's round and red and a little bigger than an apple for tenders. But the inside is full of red seeds, like big currants, full of juice and very delicious. Okay. Now, will everybody know what Persephone is eating when she eats pomegranate seeds? Yes! All right. Then let's take off for Let's Pretend. Sybil, you tell us how we travel. Let's open all the cages at the zoo and ride on lions and tigers and elephants. Hey, we'll be some parade heading back to long ago Greece. Uh, Gran, will you take charge of the magic? Okay, Uncle Bill. Magical zookeepers, just for Let's Pretend, will you open all the cages? One, two... Three! Oh, boy! And there we are! Look! Lions, tigers, elephants! Okay, everybody, grab your favorite animal, hang on tight, and let's go! This story happened once upon a time before there was ever any winter as we know it now. Mother Ceres, who took care of all green and growing things, saw to it that all year long fruit and grain were ripening, that flowers were blooming on the earth, and was all, everything was beautiful. Now, uh, Mother Ceres had a little daughter whom she loved very much, and her name was Proserpina. One day, Mother Ceres put on the wreath of poppies she always wore, took Proserpina by the hand, and went down to the water's edge. Oh, dear, I wish I didn't have to go away and leave you all day today, Proserpina. Oh, but Mother Ceres, I'll be all right. Don't you often leave me to take care of the crops? Have I ever gotten into any kind of trouble? No, dear child, no, of course not. Then why are you worrying so today? I, oh, I had such a strange and troubled dream last night, I... Oh, buddy, it's foolish to let that bother me. I'll call your friends the sea nymphs. Sea nymphs? Oh, sea nymphs. Oh, here they come. Oh, I love to watch them tumbling and leaping in the waves. Greetings, Mother Ceres. Good day, Proserpina. I wish to leave Proserpina in your charge for the day, dear friends. Will you keep her entertained and <laughs> make sure that she doesn't get into mischief? Oh, of course we will. There's nothing we'd like better. Thank you. Thank you, all of you. And and now, Proserpina, be careful, dear. Don't stray far from the water's edge. I'll come back for you here this evening. Proserpina, a beautiful necklace of shells, all for you. Do you like it? Oh, it's lovely. Now I think I'll make you a necklace. Would you like one made of flowers? Oh, oh that would be wonderful. There's some growing right up there in the meadow. I'll get an armful right now. Up to the meadow? But Proserpina, your mother's well, the meadow is not far, Senior. You can watch me all the time. Well, you watch now, and I'll be back in no time. Well, don't go too far, Proserpina. No, I won't. There are some lovely yellow flowers. And then I'll pick some of those blue ones and... Oh, those red ones over there. I never saw any like these in my life. Just a little farther, see, nymph. Oh, those roses. I must have some for the necklace. There we are. This one. What's the matter? Why won't the stem break? 
sunny day. What's happening to the bush? The bush just disappeared into a great hole in the earth. What is it? What's coming? What horses and a great black chariot right out of the earth. Well, little one, at last I greet you. Who are you? My name is Pluto, little one. Pluto? King of the underworld? Yes, but there's no need to be frightened, Proserpina. I've only come to hear you laugh. To hear me laugh? I know it sounds strange to you. But you can't imagine what it is to live from one year's end to another and never hear laughter. Never hear laughter? How can that be? Well, the souls who dwell in the underworld do not laugh, Proserpina. Sometimes I walk from room to room in my vast palace and realize that never... Since the beginning of time, has anyone laughed there? Oh, I can't believe it. I can't imagine such a place. Would you like to see it for yourself, Proserpina? Come, pay me a little visit right now. A visit? Oh, no, no, I couldn't. We could be there in no time in my chariot. I can bring you back just as quickly. And it would make me very happy, Proserpina. I would remember your visit for years. The palace would be a happier place forever. Really? Come now. Your hand. That's right. And up we go into the chariot. Dear, I I really shouldn't, I guess, but I can't imagine a place where nobody has ever laughed. Well, don't worry for a minute, Proserpina. Get up, Fireheart. Up, Thunder. Up and away to the underworld. It makes you laugh to play ball with diamonds, doesn't it? Yes, it, it's very strange. Now, King Pluto, it's time for no, me to... No, no, wait. Let me get you some rubies to play with. Well, thank you just the same, but I don't want to play with any more jewels now. I, I want to go home, if you please. No, no, you mustn't. You must stay. I can't bear to have you go. Oh, King Pluto, you promised. Take me home to my mother now. Right now. I know. If you eat, then you won't be in such a hurry. I'll command the cook to prepare a real feast. All the dainties you can imagine. Here, play with these rubies, Proserpina, and I'll be back in just a moment. No, 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 come back. I, I don't want anything to eat. I want to go home. I want my mother. Oh, oh mother, I, I did wrong to come with him, and I'm sorry, so sorry. But how am I ever going to get back to you? <laughs> What are you saying, sea nymphs? Proserpina just vanished over the top of the hill and didn't return. That's right, Mother Ceres. We've been watching and waiting all afternoon, Mother Ceres, and, and getting more and more worried. But it's not like Proserpina to wander away. She would have come back unless something happened. I must search for her. Proserpina! Proserpina, where are you, darling? Proserpina! <laughs> 
Demetrius, Demetrius, have you seen Persephone today? Oh, I'm sorry, Mother Ceres. I haven't seen her today at all. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Domina, have you seen my little girl anywhere? No, but please don't look so worried, Mother Ceres. Why, your wreath of poppies is wilted. And look, the flowers along the road here are drooping and wilting. Mother Ceres... No, no, don't bother me about them now. I can't do anything about flowers or anything till I find Proserpina. Proserpina! Oh, darling, where are you? Why don't you answer me? <laughs> Searching, asking. Oh, Hickety, there's her cave right over there. Oh, hopeless, I know. She never, never notices anything but her own misery. Still. Hickety! It's Mother Ceres. Come out of your cave for a moment. No, I can't come out into the light series. I'm too miserable to stand the sunshine. Oh, my, the world is full of troubles. Indeed it is. And at this moment, I am more miserable and unhappy than you ever dreamed of being, Hackety. So please. Oh, miserable, Mother Series, really? Well, what on earth is... Good heavens. Well, what's happened to all the grass? It, it, it's turned brown and, and dry. And the leaves. Yes, yes, everything is dying. I haven't oh, time. Right. It's about Christopher my little daughter. She's lost, managed. Hecate, have you heard anything, seen anything that might give me a clue? Well, now, this is a dreadful thing. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Now you remind me of it. A week ago, yes, a week ago it was. A week ago? Tell me, Hecate. What? I, I heard a great chariot rumbling past my cave, and when I looked out, it seemed I saw a little girl beside the driver. Hey, what kind of a chariot? I must know. You must have known. Oh, a big black thing it was, black as though it came from the underworld itself. The underworld? Oh, my, oh, my, isn't that dreadful? I suppose it was Pluto himself who carried her off. Hecate. If it was he, you know, you have every right to be miserable. You'll never get her back. Stop it, stop it, Hecate. I am Mother Ceres. I have powers and magics of my own, you Oh, know. none of that will do you any good if she eats anything while she's in the underworld. Ceres, you know as well as I do, if anybody eats anything in the underworld, they're bound to stay there forever. They can't come back to this world ever again. Yes, but we don't know it was Pluto who carried her off. Who would know for sure? Phoebus. Phoebus, the sun god. Why didn't I think of him before? I must go to him at once. You know, I, I just think I'll come along. Yes, and since you've already forced me out into the light as you have, I might as well. Well, well but and... make haste. And, oh, Proserpina, my darling, if it is Pluto who has carried you off, don't eat anything. Please, don't eat anything. Now, down in Pluto's rich, dark castle, Proserpina, who knows nothing of this magic, looks at a loaded tray in front of her. Come now, Proserpina, a bite of this delicious cake. 
The cook made it especially for you and filled it with nuts and sweetmeats. A little bite, child. I... No, thank you, really, King Pluto. It's very curious. It does seem as though I should feel weak and faint from hunger, but I don't. Yes, it's true. There is a certain magic in the air down here, so food is not absolutely required. But I'm sure you'd feel better and happier if you ate Proserpina. Please. I do so want you to laugh. Come, some of this candy. No, no, please, no. But what's wrong? I thought little girls loved cake and candy and sweetmeats. Oh, dear. When I was home, I used to wish for them sometimes, but now, now I'm away, and all I can think of are the things my mother used to give me. Fresh fruit and good, crisp, green things. Oh, Proserpina, don't cry. Please, I... Good heavens, what's wrong with me? Proserpina, stop crying. I shall send a messenger up to Earth at once to bring back baskets of the finest food for you. Then I know you'll eat and laugh and be happy again. I won't ever be happy again till you take me back to my mother. Yes, yes, you will. Just wait till you see the apples, peaches, and pears my messenger will bring back for you. Just wait, my dear. Meanwhile, up on Earth, Mother Ceres, along with the dismal and lamenting Hecate, has arrived at the sunniest spot on Earth. And in the center of the glow sits the golden-haired Phoebus, strumming his lyre. Hecate, there he is just ahead. There's Phoebus. Oh, this light. It's awful. Truly, if you weren't so unhappy, Ceres, I couldn't bear it. Oh, please, Hecate. I'm hoping Phoebus can help me. Phoebus? Mother Ceres. Oh, the very woman I want to see. You wanted to see me? Oh, you have news? Well, everywhere I travel with the sun, I, I see the earth all parched and brown. What's wrong, Mother Ceres? Oh, well, may you ask, Phoebus. Phoebus, I've lost my daughter, my little Proserpina. I came to ask if you had seen her being borne away, perhaps, in a great black chariot. A great black chariot? Well, some days ago I saw Pluto riding for the entrance to the underworld. And now that I remember, he did have a child with him. A little girl. Yes. And she was your daughter, Mother Ceres? So this is why you neglect the crops. Now I know. Oh, I must leave for the underworld at once. No, wait. Wait. This is a job for the God's own messenger, Mercury. He can enter anywhere, even past Cerberus, Pluto's watchdog. Will he undertake the mission, Phoebus? Can he leave at once? Oh, there isn't a moment to lose. There certainly isn't. Why, there'll be nothing to eat at all next year if you, Mother Ceres, don't get back to work. It's not that. It's Proserpina. If she eats food in the underworld, even Mercury can't bring her back to me. Please, Phoebus, send for Mercury at once. Alas, Proserpina, my messenger scoured the earth for fresh fruit or green things. But something terrible has happened there. Everything is withered and dead. Oh, but that's impossible. Mother never lets anything die. She has now. My messenger went everywhere. She's grieving for me, that's what. Let me go back, King Pluto. No, no, wait. My messenger did find this. What? A little pomegranate. Try it, Proserpina. Here, I'll, I'll break it open for you. There. The seeds are still juicy. Won't you please... What? Good heavens, what's wrong with Cerberus? Is someone trying to enter the palace? 
Excuse me for a second. I must go see what's wrong. Truly, it is a withered little pomegranate, but, oh, it reminds me of home and sunshine and mother. I think I'll eat just one seed or two or... What's that? So here you are, Persephone. Mercury. Yes, it's I, Mercury, my dear. I've come for you. Oh, to take me home? Oh, will you let me go, King Pluto? Please, please. I remind you, Pluto, the gods are angry. Yes. Yes, I know. And mortals everywhere are starving. I was wrong to keep you here as I did, Persephone. I thought only of myself, my own loneliness. I refused to think of your mother. All right, Persephone. Take my hand. In one minute, I'll whisk you back to Earth and good Mother Ceres. Goodbye, King Pluto. Goodbye. Oh, my, my, Ceres. I'm just sitting here thinking how it will be with the Earth all brown and dead like this forever. How long will it be before everybody starves to death, do you suppose? Oh, Hecate, please. I can't bear to see everything dead like this, but... Hecate, look. What? Those trees along the horizon. Oh, what about them? <gasps> wow. They're suddenly covered with green. And look, a path of color is spreading across the field. Oh, dear. <gasps> Flowers. Flowers are springing up. Mother! Serpina. Oh, darling. Yes, I've brought her back to you, Mother Ceres. Oh, Mother. Mother, I'm so happy. And I... You see, Hecate, I was right to hope. Well, I must say, I am surprised. Uh, you didn't eat anything down there for Serpina? Of course she didn't. Did you, my darling? Oh, if she had, she wouldn't be here. No, truly, I didn't eat anything. Except... Except... What do you mean for Serpina? Oh, Mother, just before Mercury came, King Pluto had brought me a pomegranate. I... I ate some of the seeds. Uh-huh. But I never knew. Pluto must not have known either. But he will find out. He knows now, I've no doubt. Oh, for Serpina, how many seeds did you eat? How many? Six, I think, Mother. Was that wrong? My darling, you couldn't know, of course, but... Six seeds. I knew it. I knew there'd be something. Six seeds. That's, uh, that's six months. Mother, what does she mean? What's wrong? Tell me. Alas, dear child, for each of those seeds you ate in Pluto's kingdom, you will have to spend a month there each year. You're restored to me, darling, but only for half of every year. Six months from now, you'll have to return to Pluto's kingdom. Oh, me, isn't it awful? Isn't it terrible? I'm sorry, Mother Ceres. I went as fast as I could. And just when my heart was so full of rejoicing, when I was ready to make everything on earth bloom and flourish. Mother, Mother, please keep on rejoicing. And, and don't feel too badly if I must go away for part of the year. King Pluto was not cruel, only lonely. I, I can bear to visit him each year if I know always I'll be coming back to you. Oh, my dear child, that is the way I must think of it now, I know. I must make everything grow and blossom twice as richly now. So that when you go... When you go... When she goes, Mother Ceres, we will not grieve. We'll have a feast on summer's riches. Because she will return again. That's right, Mother. I'll come back always. 
So don't be sad anymore. Don't be sad, she says. Oh. But she's right, Hecate. It is wrong to be sad when my darling is back in my arms. Let us all be thankful now that she will always return to them. Welcome home, Proserpina, dear. The old Greek and Roman legend of the mother of the harvest and her daughter whose departure and return makes the seasons of the year. The pretenders for today were Mother Ceres, Amy Sedell, Proserpina, Patsy O'Shea, the sea nymph, Gwen Davies, Pluto, Michael O'Day, Hecate, Miriam Wolf, Phoebus, Donald Madden, Mercury, Robert Morea, and of course our own Sybil Trent. The original music was composed and conducted by Maurice Brown. Let's Pretend is directed by Gene Height. And this story of Ceres and Proserpina was especially written for today's production by Johanna Johnston. Let's Pretend comes to you from New York. So come and visit a broadcast if you live nearby. You can get free tickets by writing to CBS Radio New York City. And be sure to be listening next week when we bring you the exciting story of a shrewd and clever cat. Puss in Boots himself. See you then. The Great American Family Serial presents Let's Pretend. Well, hello, pretenders, and hooray for our side. That's what I call a royal welcome. Where's that story? Ready and waiting for you. Gwen, Sybil, can't keep the customers waiting. We certainly can, Uncle Bill. Well, what's on the fire? Besides, you know what. Besides, you know what, Uncle Bill. Today's story is the Enchanted Frog. Oh, is that the one about a little princess who lost a golden ball? Oh, no, Uncle Bill. That's another frog and another enchantment. So I make another mistake. Well, what's holding us up? We're waiting for Betty Jane Tyler to say how we travel to Let's Pretend. Well, let's use the harvest moon for an excuse to take a hayrack ride. All right, a hayrack ride it is, Betty Jane. All set, gang? <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> this hayrack is headed for Let's Pretend, the Enchanted Frog, and points beyond the rolling fields of Magic Land. Pile in, everybody, and let's go. Get up, Bess. Come on, Let's go. Once upon a time, in the mystical, magical empire of Almedia, a king called his three sons together for a serious talk. We find them now in the richly furnished hall of the palace. And now, my sons, I have asked you here today for one purpose. You have something new for us to do. We want to hear it, Dad. Don't call me Dad, Jan. I am His Imperial Majesty, the Emperor of Almenia. To the rest of the world, it's Your Majesty. But here in the castle with just your three sons, you're just Dad. And a pretty good one at that. Well, if you won't be serious, you won't. Oh, come, Father, what is it? Just this. You three sons are full-grown men. I am growing old. It is time that you three were married. I'll let Anton marry. He's the oldest. I have no desire for a wife, I tell you. Oh, I'm not interested either, Father. Let Jan do the marrying for the family. He seems to have the least to do. So I would marry if I could find the right girl. Of course you can find the right girl. Now, enough of this silly talk. 
Besides, all of you know that unless you are married, you cannot rule. It is the oldest law of the country. And the most stupid. I don't think so, Emil. After all, a man who lives alone grows selfish. He thinks only of his own comfort and happiness. How can he be a fit person to govern all the peoples? Well said, Jan. Now, I have already planned the way that will be fair to all of you. Because you seem not to have a choice of your own, I have here three marvelous golden arrows. So highly are they polished that when the sun strikes them, they can be seen for a hundred miles. Now then, here is the plan. We go to the tower at the top of the castle. Each son takes an arrow and shoots it high into the air. And when it drops, he will follow and marry the first one he sees. Now, will you accept that plan? Well, as long as I must marry, it might as well be that way as any other. Well, it suits me all right, Father. It's quite a risk. I'd rather find a lady some other way. But if you two agree, why, then I will too. Then it is settled. Only this much I must demand in fairness to each of you. And that is? You must swear on your sacred word of honor that you will abide by these rules. You will marry the first one you see after you have found the arrow. Now, do you swear? I swear by my honor to marry the first one I see after the arrow is found. And I. And I. Very well. And now, to the tower. Anton, come in, come in. Hello, Father. Well, you've been gone quite a while. I've been most impatient waiting for you to return with your bride. Hi, uh, Anton. What is it you don't look too happy? You kept your oath, I hope. Yes, yes, Father, but for my oath, I wouldn't be here. What is it, Anton? Where is your bride? I long to see her. Is she pretty? Pretty? <laughs> yes, but... I warn you, you won't have much pleasure with Jean. Uh, that's her name. Why not? Because she... Uh, she giggles all the time. Giggles? Every minute. I wouldn't mind if she were really amused, but she isn't. She just giggles all the time. Well, it doesn't sound so good. Well, perhaps it's just because she's nervous. Hmm? Probably she'll get over it. Bring her to me. Very well, Father. Come in, Jean. Jean, this is His Imperial Majesty, Emperor of Armenia. <laughs> How do you do? <laughs> I'm honored to meet your majesty. <laughs> As my uh, son's wife, I greet you cordially and I welcome you. Thank you. <laughs> do you feel that you must uh, laugh all the time like this? <laughs> I must, your majesty. Isn't it terrible? <laughs> Something ought to be done about that. Ah, greetings, Father. Oh, Emil, welcome oh, home. Oh, Emil, I'm very glad that you're back. Thank you, Father. And where is your wife, my son? Have you had better... Um, <clears throat> uh, where is she? I'll, uh, must I bring her in now, well, Father? Of course you must. Here is Anton with his bride. They've just arrived. We want to meet your new wife. <laughs> Beg your pardon, young lady, but is there something funny that I don't know? No, no, Emil. I, I just said something amusing to her, that's all. Uh, brother, this is my wife. Oh, uh, how do you do? Oh, I'm delighted to meet you, Emil. <laughs> oh, now, really, do you find me so ridiculous that you Jean, have to... Jean, will you look at the view from this window? Emil, we'll talk later. Emil, will you please bring in your bride? Mm. Oh, Father, uh, be prepared. Prepared? Oh, my word, for what? Well, she isn't a very happy person, Father. Not happy? What makes you think so? Why, you see, Father, she... She cries all the time. She cries? 
Tears stream down her face practically all the time. Oh, my word. Did a sponge come with her? Well, no, really, Father. Well, never mind. Bring her in. Get her. Yeah, they're very well, Father. Uh, Riska. Riska. Here she is, Father. Riska, His Imperial Majesty, King of Almenia. How do you do, Your Majesty? I, I'm most happy to meet you. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Anton, will you bring Jean with you, please? Oh, sure. Who is that very rude girl? Is she laughing at me? No, of course not, Riska. Anton, her husband, just told her an amusing story. I hope. <clears throat> Jean, this is Riska, your new sister, and this is Emil. How do you do? I'm happy to know you. I'm glad we're to be sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Emil, she's making fun of me. Oh, I don't like her. I'm not. I just can't help it. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't see anything funny. Oh, now, really, this is too much. Maybe that would be better. So, this is my future family. Well, I'm not as happy as I hoped I would be. Hello, Dad. Oh, Jan, come in. Come in, my boy. It's great to see you again. It's good to see you, Jan. I hope you've been uh, more fortunate than your two brothers. Well, Father, I don't know how I can tell you what I have to. Oh, now, don't tell me that you have a girl that laughs or uh, cries all the time or something, have you? Father, it's so much more serious that I hardly know where to begin. Now, come, my son, tell me. Well, Father... Faithful to my promise, I followed the golden arrow. For five days, the gleam of it led me on and on. Then I came to the edge of the lake, Dad, and there, piercing a water lily, was the golden arrow. And what then? On the leaf of the water lily sat an ugly little frog. A frog? Oh, my word. Well, I remembered my oath. I was to marry the first one I saw. We didn't say girl, remember? We said one. But, yeah, no one expected you to keep an oath like that. That's what I felt at first. Then, as I stood there looking at the frog... It gazed straight at me. And, Father, tears came from its eyes. Tears? I put out my hand, and it eagerly leaped to me. And there it sat, weeping. And it, it seemed to implore me to take it. Oh, my poor boy, what did you do then? I sat down by the edge of the lake. The little frog nestled close to me, and as I tried to think what to do, suddenly I heard a voice. It seemed to be in the wind. I could still hear it. It said... The soul is the thing one tries to find In choosing a mate, keep this in mind A lovely face may conceal a shrew Or ugliness bring you blessings true As clearly as that I heard it, Father And where is the frog now? In my apartment on the windowsill Its eyes are happy now why, this is enchantment. I feel that it must be, but even so, what can I do to break it? Well, I, I don't know. But perhaps the frog would be able to show us the way. I thought of that, too. The trouble is, Jan, tomorrow the contest starts. Contest, Father? Well, yes, don't you remember? It is the custom to see which wife can make the best cake, weave the best carpet, and in short, be the most able wife. Jan, what can we do? It is already arranged. How can we explain to your brothers? I don't know. But there's a mysterious something within me that tells me this is a test. And I cannot. I must not fail. Poor little frog. <coughs> what can I do with you? How can I help you? 
How can I explain this thing to my brothers? <clears throat> All you can do is sit there on my windowsill and sing that ugly little song. Tomorrow, when the cakes are to be baked for His Majesty the King, what will we say? <clears throat> what are you trying to say to me, little frog? <clears throat> Why do you hop back and forth on the windowsill? Do you want the window open? <clears throat> you do. Then, there it is. Now what? Why do you hop toward the door? You seem to want me to go. <clears throat> Very well, little frog. I'll leave you alone. Perhaps you will find a way out of this problem. I'm afraid I can't. Goodbye. You called your fairy servant? We hasten to your side to make a cake to give the king for Jan and his young bride. Stir the batter, make the frosting, beat the eggs to mounds of snow, add the flour and baking powder. In the oven, there you go. the little frog manager. I don't know, Father. I left her in the room. When I came back, this beautiful cake was on the table. What can it mean? Oh, she must be enchanted. But how to break the spell, that's the question. Well, the cake was made. I don't know how. So perhaps the little frog will find a way to weave the carpet, too. Oh, it's indeed a problem. However, all we can do is go ahead and see what happens. May all the gods help us. We surely need it, Dad. Yes, we do indeed. But don't call me Dad. <laughs> your servant, princess, to weave a carpet bright, to give the king and win the prize. She'll be finished every night. Flowers from meadow fields for color, soft as grass of verdant green, moss to thicken and to soften. Morning dew drops for a sheen. too, Jean. But Jan's wife has surpassed both of you. I don't think her carpet is such a beauty. <laughs> it's a beautiful one, all right. But I know she didn't weave it. <laughs> oh, stop laughing. This is serious business. Indeed it is, Riska. Oh, I know it, but I can't stop. <laughs> Why haven't we seen her? Where is she? When she's given the prize, you won't feel like laughing. I don't know. <laughs> but you know my weakness. You better stop making fun of me. Jean isn't laughing at you. <laughs> And please stop crying, Riska. She is, too. And I can't help crying. She isn't laughing. It's you, Riska. Of course she isn't. Jean can't help laughing. I don't want to laugh. I think I'm going to cry. Oh, well, make up your mind, will you? Oh, Emil, Anton, take them both away. Oh, this is terrible. Jan, 
This is the most beautiful carpet I've ever seen. The prize belongs to the little frog, of course. What shall we do now, Jan? Come with me to my apartment, Father. See her for yourself. Together, perhaps we can think of something to do to break the spell. Yes, very well. Lead the way. Here she is, Father. Look at her eyes, how beautiful they are. Oh, what should one say to a frog, Jan? Uh, how do you do, or shake hands, or what? Well, there's nothing to do, Dad. Now, don't call me Dad. I'm in no mood to joke. All right. I know she understands. Listen, little frog, are you happy here? Is there any way we can help you, little frog? I know what that means. She wants the window open. Please open it, Father. Yes, all right, Jan. There, it is open. Look, Dad, fairies, four of them. Why, what? Slowly turn from side to side, prince whose loyalty we pride. Greet her now with love and pride. King and prince, behold, your bride. Oh, you lovely, lovely creature. Father, isn't she beautiful? She is indeed. Speak to me, princess, for you surely are a princess. Who are you? I am Princess Deirdre, Jan. I can believe that you are a princess, but what has happened? I can explain, Your Majesty. You address me as Your Majesty. And you have been able to understand. Yes, sire, everything. You see, my mother is the goddess of light. Her enemies, the gnomes of darkness, have been fighting her for years. They swore revenge and threatened me. And then my mother had me changed into a frog, so they could not find me. That accounts for my being here. Oh, my dearest. But are you free now? Can you remain in the form of a mortal? Yes, for now all of my mother's enemies have been destroyed. I've been protected until this should happen by my faithful servant. A servant? Yes, sir. You saw them just now. They come when I call them. They ride in through the window on sunbeams. They bake the cake and wove the magic carpet for me. This is all too wonderful. I'm so happy. Deirdre, I want you and Jan to take your rightful place as the king and the queen of the realm. Deirdre, my lovely lady, princess of my dreams, will you do me the honor to be my wife? Yes, dear Jan, I will. Bless you, my children. I could not ask for a lovelier lady to be the next queen. Thank you, Your Majesty. Don't call me Your Majesty. Then what shall I call you? Just call me Dad. So all aboard for a journey to the land of fairy tales. Well, pretenders, it's story time, and here's Uncle Bill with the first act of today's story, The White Cat. Once upon a time, in the enchanted land of Filanovia, an aging king had three devoted sons. One day he called them into the castle library. 
We find them now in deep conversation. Oh, Father, why worry about it now? My sons, the time has come when we must decide on which one of you is to be my successor to the throne. Oh, so we must decide now? Oh, yes, yes, we must decide. Well, have you thought of a way, Father? Well, Morton, I've been thinking. I know you'll all smile at me, but I pray you indulge the whim of an old man and hear me. Of course, Father. Now, what is your plan? Just this, Larry. As you know, I've always been a great lover of dogs. They are company for me when you three youngsters are hunting or off to your games. Therefore, here's my plan. I'll give you a year. Take the entire year, if you will. But at the end of that time, whoever brings me the most unusual dog shall be the next king. Now, what do you say? (laughs) (laughs) Well, brothers, this is a most unusual request. But I, for one, am for it. What about you? Ah, you can count me in, Father. That's a chance I wouldn't miss. Very well, my sons. Make all preparations. When all of you are ready, you will depart at the same time with your father's blessing. May you find excitement and happiness on the high road of adventure. Strange. No one answers, yet there is someone here. Many people, I should say. Well, certainly I can't go on in this rain. Oh, here's a deer's foot on the door. I'll pull that. Come in, King's son. Well, gladly. Only, where are you? I see nothing but a pair of hands. And how did you know I am the king's son? We know everything here, Prince Kenneth. Come in. Thank you. If you follow this emerald hall to the end, you will come to the coral room. There you will find your hostess awaiting you. Thanks, but would you mind telling me where is the rest of you? I still see nothing but hands, even though it is light in here now. Never mind, King's son. You will soon become used to that. Your hostess is waiting to greet you. Thank you. This way. Thank you. Well, who spoke? I see no one. Well, hello, little white kitty. You're very pretty sitting there in that pink satin cushion. But I should like to meet my hostess. I am your hostess, Prince Kenneth. You you are my hostess. A little white cat. True. Won't you sit here? Am I dreaming? First I come to the most charming castle I've ever seen. The door is opened by hands. I see no one, but the hands lead me in. My name is already known, and then a beautiful little white cat speaks to me. Oh, no, I'm I'm simply dreaming. No, you're not, Prince Kenneth. Strange as it may seem to you. Yes, Queen Blanchette? Serve dinner at once. Yes, Your Highness. But how can all this be? Oh, I can't tell you that. I only ask you to spend as much time with us as possible. We are very lonely here. We will do our best to make you happy, and I think you will not regret your visit. Forgive me. I I mean, how shall I address you? You may call me Blanchette. Very well. Thank you, Blanchette. I shall thoroughly enjoy spending a few days with you, if I may. Thank you for your gracious hospitality. Yes, Queen Blanchette. Serve the wine, please. It is ready, Your Highness. To you and your adventures, Prince Kenneth. And to the little dog you will take back to the king. The dog? What dog? (laughs) 
Had you forgotten about the dog you were to find for your father, the king? Ah, completely. But my next thought is, how did you know? Oh, patience, prince. In time, you will take all this for granted and not be puzzled by our modes and customs. Yes, queen? Bring in the cat musicians, the dancers. Let the entertainment begin. Our guest must be happy while he's with us. Come, music and singing and gaiety. For Prince Kenneth, the king's son. My queen, why? So I could tell you, Count, that our first festive occasion, when Prince Kenneth returns, will be with you. And again, <laughs> thank you, dear lady. And goodbye, Prince Kenneth. Make it soon. Thank you, Count. That shall be my first appointment when I return. Oh, little white cat, and all the time I've spent here as your guest, the festivities we have had tonight, I think, were the most delightful. I'm glad you were happy, because it is your last night with us, at least for a while. My last night? Why? What has happened? Why should it be the last night? Have I offended in some way? Oh, of course not, Prince. But your year is up. My year? Oh, no, it can't be. Time couldn't pass so rapidly. But it has. And now you will just have time to meet your brothers and journey on to your father with the dog you were to bring him. But, my little friend, I haven't found the dog. I haven't even looked for one. There is no need. Yes, Queen? Thomas, bring me that box I told you to get. I have it here, Your Majesty. Oh, oh, thank you, Thomas. That is all. Here, my prince. Do you see this box? Yes, little white cat. And in it, do you see this acorn? Yes, lady cat. Take it to your father. After your brothers have shown their prizes, then open this acorn and present it to the king. Oh, little queen, you're joking. I am not joking. Trust me, prince. Be very, very careful of the acorn. It's very fragile. I shan't see you again before you leave. So, good night and farewell. I thank you for the very happy year I've spent here. We shall meet again. Now go, for you haven't a moment to lose. Morton, my son, I'm glad to see you. Glad to be here, Father. And you too, Larry. Glad to be back, Father. Welcome, Kenneth. How are you, Father? I can scarcely wait to see the result of your travels, my boys. Come, show us the gifts you've brought. All All right, right, Father. You, Morton, you're the eldest. You shall show me your dog first. Very well, Father. I've brought him here in this hollowed-out pineapple. Because he was used to sleeping in it, where I found him. A dog small enough to sleep in a hollowed pineapple? Right. Well, let me see him. Yes, Father. Here he is. On my word, you two boys will have to have a very rare prize to equal this cunning little fellow. (laughs) Larry, you're next. Did you bring one in a hollowed pineapple, too? Oh, no, Father. He would have been lost. Lost? I kept him here in my waistcoat pocket so that he'd be warm enough. And here he is. (laughs) Why, these are priceless. Well, Kenneth, only a magician could hope to equal these two fragile little beauties. Your prize must be enormous rather than tiny. 
But I'll look at him anyway. Have him brought in. I have him with me, Father. Where? Do you see this acorn? Why, yes. What about it? Listen. Do, do you mean to say that there's a... Oh, no, no. I can't believe it. Then be quiet and I will show you. I open the acorn so. And here on his little feathered pillow is your dog. Come along, petite. Dance for your master. Oh, I know a figure than an acorn to see him dancing on his hind legs for me. <laughs> well, my sons, there doesn't seem to be any doubt. I think this little fellow wins the prize. <laughs> then shall we publicly proclaim Kenneth as the next king? No, no, Father. Give us another mission. Send us out again so that my brothers may have another chance. Wouldn't you like that, Morton and Larry? Uh, why not? I'm willing to go to abide by this decision. Mm, and I... All right, my sons. Spend a little time with me, and then you may have another year's adventure. And this time, bring me, uh, let me see. Bring me a strip of cloth of finest weaving, and he whose gift is the sheerest shall be the king. Oh, this is a real challenge, brothers. Yeah, it is. Martin, I feel I shall be the winner. Oh? Now, Kenneth may be a judge of dogs, but when it comes to weaving, I bow to no one. Oh. Martin, I'll wager your entire racing stable against this emerald ring that I win. I'm mad wager, Larry, but I'll take you up. All right. Then one month from today, your second adventure begins. <laughs> Uncle Bill will be back in a jiffy to tell you the rest of today's story. Right now, it's time for music. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, he cannot be found. Little John, little John, has he gone to town? Robin Hood, Robin Hood, tell me where he's been. In the wide countryside with his merry men. Little John, little John, light the beacon light. Robin Hood, Robin Hood, will be home tonight. Did you ever hear about Old Man Persnickety? Old Man Persnickety ran down the lane with a pocket full of harmony and never lost a grain. Left foot, right foot, any foot at all. Sally lost her shoes and stockings going to the ball. Get up in the morning sooner than soon. You can't see a thing but the stars and the moon. Left foot, right foot, any foot at all. Sally lost her shoes and stockings going to the ball. Old man Persnickety, who was always sneezing, liked to sing this song. If you sneeze on Monday, you sneeze for danger. Sneeze on Tuesday, you'll kiss a stranger. Sneeze on Wednesday, you sneeze for a letter. Sneeze on Thursday for something better. Sneeze on Friday, you sneeze for sorrow. Sneeze on Saturday, joy tomorrow. Sneeze on Sunday, and lo and behold, sneeze all week and you're getting a cold. Old man Persnickety's best friend is Obadiah. Obadiah jumped in the fire, the fire was hot, so he jumped in the pot. 
The pot was little, so he jumped in the kettle. The kettle was black, so he jumped in the crack. The crack was high, so he jumped in the sky. The sky was blue, so he jumped in a canoe. Canoe sprung a leak, so he jumped in the creek. The creek was shallow, so he jumped in the tallow. The tallow was hard, so he jumped in the lard. The lard was soft, so he jumped in the loft. The loft was rotten, so he jumped in the cotton. The cotton was right, so he took off his shoes and stayed all night. Here's Uncle Bill with Act Two of today's story. Another year has passed. The sons of the king have once again been searching for adventure. While Morton and Larry search feverishly for the finest weaving that will win them the wager they made with each other, Prince Kenneth returns quickly to renew his friendship with the mysterious and beautiful white cat. Once again, she knew his mission before he spoke of it. And at the end of his year's visit, gave him a mysterious little box and told him to present it to his father. And so, my sons, again we are together after a year. I'm eager to see what weavings you have found in your journeys. Uh, Morton? Yes, Father. Here is cloth woven in parquet. Oh, it is beautiful indeed. And now, Larry, what have you to show? This fine muslin, which will go through the eye of this small needle. Its color is lovely, exquisite. And yes, it passes through the needle's eye easily. Looks as if Morton lost the wager you two made. Certainly does, Father. Well, Kenneth, what have you brought? I have it here, Father, in this walnut. Well, then open it. What? Why, inside the walnut is a hazelnut. Oh, well, open that, Kenneth. Yes, quickly. If you have cloth in there, we surely want to see it. Oh. It must be inside this. What? What's the matter? The hazelnut contains a millet seed. Well, Kenneth, this is a joke of some kind. Father, I think you must decide between Morton and me. Wait. I'll open the millet seed. There. Well, it's lovely, Kenneth. I've never seen Kenneth, this is beautiful. Look, Morton. Larry, yes. in this tiny millet seed, there are yards of muslin. Look at the rich coloring and the patterns woven in it. It is beautiful, Father. Oh, Morton, it would seem we both lost the wager. Yes. Kenneth, undoubtedly, you win the right to rule our kingdom. Yes, but I have no wish to take it. My sons, out of these adventures, we've gained much knowledge of the outside world. Now, this muslin, for instance. Who would have dreamed such stuff could be woven? And now I have an idea. Spend a little time with me, and then begin your third and last adventure. A search for a gift for yourselves. Ourselves? What would that be, Father? All of you find whom you think is the most beautiful princess in all the world. Bring her back to me and accept my blessing. And the choice of the people as to which is the most beautiful shall be queen of the empire. Is it agreed? Yes, yes sir. Then prepare for your journey. A year from today, we shall meet here in the throne room, each with his choice. God bless you, and may all of you find happiness. Thank you, Thank you But it doesn't matter, Blushet. I don't care about ruling the kingdom. I do care for you. But look at me. 
the little white cat. He would give up a throne for me. Yes, you have been my friend, the best one I ever had. I shall take you with me to my father and tell him you gave me the little dog which he loves, that the exquisite cloth was woven by your servants. Then I shall tell my brothers to divide the kingdom and rule together. And we shall come back here to your castle. I shall look after you and try to repay your kindness to me. You you are kind, Prince Kenneth. But I, I can't believe you could be happy with a white cat for your companion. Oh, but I am. How it is that you can speak, I do not know. But until you're ready to tell me, I am content to wait. Very well, then, Prince. Yes, Your Majesty. Order the golden chariot, the twelve snow-white horses with their diamond trappings. Yes, Your Highness. We must start at once if we are to keep the appointment with your father as you agreed. Then you'll come with me to my father. Yes, Prince. But when we arrive, you must do exactly as I say. On my oath, I promise. Then come, for you've made me very, very happy. Your bride is indeed lovely. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Your Majesty. And yours, Larry. Oh, thank you, Father. How do you do, dear Princess? We welcome you to our court. Thank you, sire. Well, Kenny, where's your bride? I have no bride, Father. Only this little white cat. <laughs> well, Kenneth, this is indeed a surprise. Each year you've managed to bring the gift that has been judged the best. But this time you present us with a, a little white cat, who, who is charming, I grant you, but you started out to look for a beautiful princess. Now, what in heaven's name has made you come back with just a little cat? It must seem very strange to you, Father. But this little cat has been my friend when I most needed one. I do not expect to rule the kingdom. I only wanted to bring her here to explain to you, and then to say goodbye. For I'm going back to her country, and... Look after her forever. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, Kenneth, this is absurd. You'll do nothing of the kind. Now, if you want the cat, all right, keep her here. But certainly you'll not leave us to go heaven knows where just to look after a little white kitten. But I will. I'm sorry, Father. This is the first time I have ever disobeyed you. But I mean what I say. Kenneth, please what? listen to me. What, what do I hear? Yes, Marchette, what is it? Oh, please listen, Father. Remember your promise to me. You will do as I say? Yes, Blushet. What do you want me to do? Take your sword and cut off my head. What? Do as I say. I hold you to your promise. Blushet, I... I can't do this thing. I can't. You must. I command you to. This is the saddest day of my life, Blushet. And a poor way to express my gratitude. I cannot bear to hurt you. I hold you to your promise. Obey me, please. Very well. Farewell, my little friend. I shall never forget you. What do I see before me? By the most beautiful woman in all the world. Who are you? Where did you come from? Thank you, Kenneth. You have released me from my enchantment. What, are you talking about? what did you say? Years ago, the wicked magicians were angry with me because I wouldn't marry the king of the dwarves. They changed me into the cat you knew. Changed all my court into cats. Or the people with the invisible bodies whose hands served you. I can't believe it. It is true. Kenneth, 
Your love for me has broken the spell. And once more, I am a princess. And a very happy one. Because you're so tender and so true. Well, Kenneth, once more you have won. Beyond all doubt, the kingdom is yours. But, Your Majesty, I have a kingdom of my own. If Kenneth will, he shall be my king and rule with me. And your other sons may follow in your reign. If I will. Oh, Blanchette, will you do me the honor to marry me? Yes, Kenneth. For I have loved you always. My blessings on you both. And may you live happily ever after. Winds up the yarn today, pretenders. Wasn't it a swell story? Well, we just have time for a musical number, and here it is. I've got a friend who's big and round, and oh, so jolly gee whiz. Lend me your ear, and you will hear. Just who this fellow is, he's Punky Pumpkin, the happy pumpkin, happy all the day, and his great big smile will scare your cares away. Punky Pumpkin, the happy pumpkin, never wears a frown, you can see that he's cut out to be a clown. The candlelight inside him makes his eyes light up and gleam. They shine right through the window at you for a hep, hep, happy Halloween. Punky Pumpkin's a happy pumpkin, and do you know why? Cause he's a jack-o'-lantern instead of being a pumpkin pie. Next week at this same time. Don Thompson speaking. 
This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service. And there you have it. Another incredible journey through the realms of stories, fables, and ghostly tales. But before we part ways, I want to extend my deepest gratitude to the amazing individuals who keep this show alive and thriving. A monumental shout out to my Ode Night Tea Titan, the mighty Matto Star. A colossus amongst us who smashes through the kingdoms of boredom with one fell swoop. Who fly kicks villainous idle hands straight in the throat. Matto Star, you're not just a supporter, you're the bringer of awesome. Thank you for your legendary support, my friend. Your contribution allows me to push the limits and overcome these inevitable tech challenges, even though... I face them constantly, whether it's power outages, whether it's issues with the hardware or software, you know, not recording at the ratio or quality that I'd like, or at all, in some cases. You're truly wonderful and special, Matto Star, and I'm immensely grateful for your friendship and support. Rest assured, once this week is over and I get some more time, you'll be hearing from me directly, as always. This week has been kind of crazy, as you can imagine. And again, Matto, thank you for your support. Next up, our stalwart legend, the Bazooka himself, Lazookasaurus Rex, with your ongoing support. You blast a home in all things bland and boring. And thanks to you, this show has been going on strong for years. Over, oh, be about 12 years now, I believe. Isn't that insane? I was in my university days when I first uploaded the Stories, Fables, Ghosts, Tales episode. And 12 years later, I'm here strong. Thanks to supporters like yourself, Leza, my Elgrain forces, the amazing Matto Star, and authors that support this show with their stories. But I do want to thank you directly, Leza. Thanks to you. I've been able to constantly punch up, and I can wield the power of audio tools that repair and enhance the storytelling experience. You're a hell of a guy, Leza, and I appreciate you having my back all these years. Thank you so much. And here's to another year, right? My pal. And to all my Ograin forces and the lovelies across various tiers, a heartfelt thank you so, so much. You are the pillars that make this show possible. And your kindness doesn't go unnoticed. 
I'd love to thank, and I will thank, Chad Warren, Joss Heather, Sunshine Days, Juicebox Andy, Peter Raffaelli, Michelangelo Yacone, Divided by Zero, Leah Fasig, Alia Arcane, Paige Kramer, Jane Gumnick, Michael Krupp, Jandy Prince, and Seductive Smiles. You are all very special people, and I hope you have a absolutely wonderful New Year's party, and if you're not, and you're by yourself, and you're just chillaxing at home, I hope you have a fantastic break, and that it's much deserved. Either way, I hope you're all doing fantastic. And for those of you that have journeyed with me this far, thank you. Your support means the world. And for those of you who would like to join this incredible community, visit my Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash SFGT. Your support keeps these tales flowing, and I genuinely love hearing from you all. Reach out to me, by the way, at any time at stories, fables, ghostly tales at gmail.com. And you'll have my ear. Now, it's time to pour your tea, savor the flavor, and let the stories carry you home. These tales bring us together, and the old audio reminds us of our journey. Stay a while, have a listen, and as always, I hope to see you next year. I really hope you have a fantastic New Year's Day and night, and here's to another year of copious, creepy, fantastical, mythical stories and remastered old audio supported by legends like you. And listeners, never forget how awesome you are, and thank you so much for spending time with me on Stories, Fables, Ghostly Tales. Catch you next year, legend.